Come again. Uh, what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's okay, we'll get through this. <laughs> we... It's not starting off very, very good. When we start talking serious conversations, I'll get real serious real quick. You need to start drinking water. I'm fine. The MySpace with You podcast brought to you by water. Drink it. So what's up? Oh, are we recording? Yeah. Oh my god. Hi, babe. Hey. Hey. How are you doing? Uh, you know, I'm doing good. Just uh getting back into the swing of things with quarantine yeah. and being locked down and getting back into good habits. Locked down with me. Yeah. Prison. Yes. <laughs> it's a hard life you live. Yes, it is. But you know, we're we're doing the best that we can. Yeah, we had a really good run today. Yeah, super good. Yeah, it was you, a good run. You made good time. A lot of pull ups. Yep, I did th- three ish. You killed those three pull ups. <laughs> I couldn't really go down very far though. But I used to never even be able to just even do a a jump one, and now I could do a jump one easy it's yeah. like easy peasy and then i could do like one more pretty solid for sure and i count that as two and then i can get a third one in just kind of so what's going on with you and oh my shoulders the, messed uh, up. <laughs> health health update on on <laughs> babe shoulders messed up um, from the the many pull-ups no, that you did i feel like my shoulder is really fudged up from being back at work for a month and now i'm out again and it's just like my shoulder is like yo bitch what are you doing to me stop with all the inconsistency <laughs> totally i'm a poet and i didn't even know it look at you go oh my god look hey, at us look at us look at us <laughs> look at us um yeah other than that um i'm shut down with no end date in sight um what about you? How are you doing? What do you want to talk about? The whole last week has been kind of a blur since yeah. the shutdown, and I'm trying to scroll through my phone and see what's been going on since the last time that we recorded and dropped an episode. Um, Coronavirus cases are increasing. Surging. There's apparently 127% uh, capacity that's been filled in the ICUs in Florida. Mm. So... Out of 49 hospitals, there's zero beds in the ICU available. So, Florida, you just keep doing Florida things, and soon enough, there won't be a Florida. I just, like, freaking Florida. I don't know why it just feels like, as a general whole, anything ridiculous going on in the world, it's, like, on the news, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's in Florida. Well, everybody knows that's that's the stigma of Florida. Florida. But you should know this, because mm. we've been through... The not so populated and not so, you know, great spots in Florida. And I feel like most of Mm. what you drive through Mm. when you're trying to get to Panama City, trying to get to, you know, Miami or whatever, you see the real back country and the back roads of Florida. You're like, oh, okay. But if you start going outside of the big cities, you start seeing what Florida is and like the, the most. In the swamps. Yeah. The majority of that state, <laughs> you're like, oh, I understand why the craziest shit that happens yeah. in the states happens in Florida. Yeah, and it's definitely never happening in those parts of Florida that are like, I guess, would be considered. I bet you they do. More built up. Nicer, I guess. I don't know. I like when you touch my toes. <laughs> I'm holding them. <laughs> Wait. Just to paint a picture for everyone right now, Chris's fingers are interlaced with my toes as if we were holding hands. Ew, gross. That's how we do it. It feels so warm and nice. Ew. Ew. <laughs> it's comforting. Um, the biggest headline that I can think of for me uh, 
was the fact that Grant Imahara passed away at 49. Oh, I know. That was like the biggest shocker of the week for me, I feel like. Um, That and maybe the fact that, you know, Donald Trump was trying to uh, advertise Goya beans because apparently that was super relevant with everything that's going on in the world. Hey, people need to eat their beans. How about those uh those federal agents in Portland? Mm. Shit getting crazy up there. Yeah. And they're not wanted. Yeah. They're not wanted. Go figure. They're like, get the fuck out of our town. We don't want you. We don't need you. I think the whole idea of them using unmarked vehicles and literally like throwing beanies over people's heads. And, like, putting them in the car and not telling them, like, who they are, where they're going, like, none of, like, that's... Wait, they put beanies over their heads? Yes, we fucking listened to a story yesterday that was, like, a guy who was out protesting got, like, a beanie put over his head and taken in one of those unmarked vehicles and... Does the beanie say, like, Trump 2020 or something? <laughs> no, but it's just, like he, like, he got covered up. His face got covered up. He got thrown into a vehicle, so they put not like knowing a, anything. Like a, a bag or something, or like a, you know, a sack over his head. Like it was a legit beanie. Like they're like, yeah, we're taking you away in an unmarked minivan, but we want to make sure that you look fashionable while you're doing it. No, like they threw like a fucking like ski beanie, like the long one. <laughs> have the cutouts. Oh my <laughs> god! I didn't see this part. We literally just listened to this story yesterday. I wasn't paying attention. This guy. <laughs> Got fucking, like, blindfolded, if you will. Yeah. Thrown into one of those unmarked vehicles. It was a minivan. Yes. Unmarked, though. It wasn't like a... It wasn't like an intimidating van. It was like a minivan, like a Dodge minivan. Nice. I understand, but it's unmarked. It is not, like, it's not marked by, like, saying that it's any form of police or anything. Yeah. Like, that is not okay. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Okay. I'm just saying, if they were going to so try to intimidate, don't, don't choose a Dodge minivan. I, we're on the same page. Okay. I'm not arguing with you. You got okay. real heated okay. over that. I'm just saying, minivan, not the move. I know. I'm just saying. Like, you throw somebody into a Ford panel-like van that, you know, is black and looks like uninviting. Like a rapey van? Yeah. That's, what, that's the move. Well, whatever. Gets thrown into the van and doesn't get unblindfolded until he's in a federal jail literally not knowing what he's there for and doesn't know any like he hasn't been told his like what charges and then basically they kept him there for like you know however long and then let him go and he still doesn't even know if he is charged with anything yeah it's fucking crazy fucking crazy ass world we're living in right now in other news this is like breaking news about our crazy world what was kind of uh released today was the fact that Instead of COVID numbers going through like, mm. you know, CDC or Fuck Johns Hopkins me. or any credible source, now all of our coronavirus numbers are going to be going straight to the White House and then distributed out. Well, at least we'll finally be getting real numbers now. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, once you start walking down the street and all your neighbors will start disappearing because they thought it was safe to go outside and start doing normal things because the White House is reporting that, oh, Miraculously, we have zero cases in two weeks. You, you're going to know what's going on. Yeah. Because 100%, you are going to see the trend of coronavirus cases just miraculously disappear. Just like, you know, our fearless leader tells us is that he still believes they're just going to disappear. And this is his game plan now, is that he's going to be able to manipulate the numbers that are coming through and say, oh, well, you know, those don't count and these don't count. And would you look at that? We went from having, you know, 140,000 deaths to all of a sudden just dropping off and not having 119,000 new cases just today. We're like, oh, we went from that to zero. Yeah. Just to recap what's going on in the world. Same shit, different day. Mm-hmm. Shit's still crazy out there. People are still acting stupid. Yeah. And uh, we're back at you with another episode. You know what? And just, just... Please, please, please get out and vote in November. Best thing you can do. Best thing you can do. Yep. Get out and vote. Totally. All right, babe, what are we talking about today? 
Uh, that's a good question. I want to ask you that because, you know, as listeners who have been following us mm. up to this point, they mm. know that coming off the last episode, we were kind of struggling with mm. the vision of where we we're going with this and how we were going to do things. Yeah. Um, I feel like the Instagram situation has been resolved. I feel Settled. like we're really getting into our groove yeah. and uh, I think it's making improvements every single day resolved and even like overcome yeah like it's just on fire now yeah we, we have got 130 followers yeah Woo! shout out to all the uh the new friends that we got on yeah, the ig absolutely thank you so much for following like please share it with your friends and maybe not your family yeah depends yeah. on the family yeah like siblings and stuff don't share it with your mom and dad well, don't share it with my mom and dad don't but... share it with my mom and dad <laughs> Today we are going to talk about, because um, I felt like this was going to be a really good conversation to have, but we are going to talk about today how um, different of upbringings both Babe and I have had and how it really played into how we've grown up in life um, and how it's affected our relationship overall. Yeah, um, I think the way that I grew up and the family that I came from was you know it had some similarities but i think similarities to what <laughs> well i mean we can kind of get into like the our families had similarities yeah oh okay yeah but i mean there was big differences in yeah. how i was raised and the influences on me versus you know the influences that you had yeah um so i don't know if we want to just kind of dive into that about like our yeah. backstories of the families that we grew up in yeah. and um you know ultimately how I think that really shaped our relationship specifically in the early days and you know kind of how we really grew and became our own people throughout this 12-year process of, yeah. of marriage so let's start with like in your opinion if someone were to just like generally ask like you know like oh what was growing up like for you what was your family like um you know like how would you describe that upbringing with my family? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that my family probably strived to be that perfect family that you would think of, like the all-American type family. Um, you know, my, my dad, you know, full-time working mom for the most part, you know, she was kind of a stay-at-home mom for most of the time um, in the early years of our life. But, you know, she transitioned to a regular desk job. Um, my dad worked in public service, uh, was yeah. there here in, the, you know, he was there sometimes, not here other times. But yeah. um, I think, Because of know, his job. Yeah. 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 I think it was kind of the, the white picket fence, you know, family type situation. I think, okay. you know, from the outside looking in, everything looked, you know, really good. Um the inside, you know, there's definitely problems. And as my family knows, I always joke that I'm the last person to know anything, like finding out stuff about the family that everybody else seemed to know about. And I didn't figure it out until I was 18 years old. So, I mean, there was definitely little things here and there that, you know, you kind of see the cracks forming that we're not this picture perfect American family type mm -hmm. of deal. But, you know, I think that upbringing allowed me to, you know, grow up in a pretty standard home uh i you know i i take nothing away from how my parents raised me i think that the that the job that they did was you know paramount to me being who i am today yes yeah, so you don't mean you don't take anything you don't take nothing away you mean like you you do to take away from how they raised you i i wouldn't change yeah the way that yeah, i was yeah. raised i want to um, make that clear i don't think there was any pressure on me to think a certain way, whether that was like political or, mm -hmm. you know, religious or mm -hmm. have really strong values. I think the biggest thing that my parents, you know, specifically from my dad was just like, be a good person, have integrity, do mm -hmm. the right thing. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of how I always lived my life. Mm -hmm. um, it, I would say that, you know, when I was talking about having similarities between your upbringing and mine, I think a lot of that went the same way. Like you were 
you were raised with certain morals and values. Um, but I think the biggest difference, obviously, is the fact that you were a very strong, um, you know, church-going family, something that was, you know, a building block within well, your hey, family. Let me get into that when yeah. it's my turn to share. <laughs> yeah, I want you to get into that. Uh, I'm just saying that's going to be the biggest difference between, you know, my upbringing yeah, it was and yours. Religion. But I think we, our families had very similar values and yeah. i think we grew up kind of having the same moral compass yeah but totally different influences kind of for coming sure. into each other for sure yeah yeah yeah. like yeah yeah so babe why don't you uh tell me your perspective on you know your upbringing and how things were with your family wow thanks babe thanks for that prompt i that's what i was looking for thank you um Yes. So I grew up in a very religious home. Um, we were, yep, I grew up in church my whole life, going two, three times, sometimes three times a week. Um, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I had, when I look back, I think my childhood was amazing and I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, it definitely came with things that, I didn't really understand as a child. I also didn't question it as a child. And now looking back later in life, I'm like, well, is that necessary? Probably not. But I also just still respect my parents like so much for, you know, I think at the end of the day, you realize when you get to an older age and you actually understand the concept of um, being married and having children and being a parent and like what that really means. Um, all any parent, you know, hopefully for the most part, all any parent is doing in the time of raising their children is doing the best that they believe is the best yeah. at that time. You know, so it's like I grew up with really like like little weird things, right? So it's like not being able to watch, you know, certain television. Um, uh, what what <laughs> what shows are we specifically talking? And oh uh, what God. movies? Because. This is a huge difference okay, well, in your upbringing yes, versus mine. Because yes. I can tell you the movies and the shows that I grew okay. up on that were totally normal versus yes, what you grew up on. Yes, yes, absolutely. So I was not allowed. Well, and and in my, I add, it wasn't that I wasn't allowed to watch them ever. It was just until I got to a certain age because in my parents' head, they wanted us as children to understand the difference between certain things, like witchcraft and yes. <laughs> Yes, I wasn't allowed to watch. He wants me to say it, so I will say it. I was not allowed to watch Sabrina the Teenage Witch until I probably reached, like, teenage years. What about, like, during our upbringing, what was really popular? Like, Yes, the movie that was really popular <laughs> that I was not allowed to watch. But also, I wasn't allowed to watch it, not just because of the witchcraft, because there was a whole big controversy in the Christian community that this person was like a freaking Satanist. And that's the writer of Harry Potter. Oh, really? Yes. There I see. Was, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. There was like this big thing in like the whole Christian community that it's J.K. Rawlings, right? Yeah. That she, yeah, that she was like a Satan worshiper. Like that was the reason why I wasn't allowed to watch Harry Potter growing up was because of this whole idea that this woman was like a Satan worshiper. Are you trying to look up any information on that? Well, no, there was just, oh. I, it made me think that there was something going on recently where her name was coming up in news oh, stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was some sort of controversy and I never really looked into oh, yeah. it. But I'm curious to kind of see what was going on and um, yeah, I'm trying to just kind of look up what's going yeah. on there. Yeah, so I'll, I mean, I'll continue until you can find something. But basically, yeah, like, and then I wasn't allowed to, um, I could listen to secular music, you know, so I could listen to, you know, NSYNC, Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys, Christina Aguilera, I could listen to all those. Um, however, I wasn't allowed to listen to secular music if I wanted to listen to music while going to sleep. I had to listen to Christian music going to sleep until a certain age. Okay. Until a certain age. So. Because then I started falling asleep to like City in Color and like, you yeah. know. I, I just want to paint a picture at the polar <laughs> opposites of 
our upbringing. So Chris grew up going to sleep to corn. <laughs> no, I did not. That's not true. That's fake news. It's all fake news. It's phony um, stuff. But no, like movies, for instance, or TV shows, like when I was, I don't know, eight, nine, ten years old, like Braveheart was a staple. Um, Blade was one of my favorite movies growing up. Uh, I think I saw like my first pair of boobies in a movie, <laughs> like Starship Troopers, when I was like seven years old. Seven, really, babe? I seven? was super young. Seven. I was very young. Let's say ten. Okay, we'd have to look back to see at what point when it like came out. VHSs were yeah. not, you know, something that was around very yeah. much because that's how it was. Um, going to sleep. Like, I would listen to metal. <laughs> That's how I went to sleep. Um, hey, I listen to metal. I listen to P.O.D. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Christian metal of uh, P.O.D. We are, we are. Youth of the nation. We are, we are. That was always my jam. Yeah. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Did you find anything on J.K. Rawlings? Yeah, I guess she's, which is kind of funny that your parents had such this negative idea about her and Harry Potter, but apparently she's been coming out with like transphobic kind of rhetoric where she talks openly about how basically how transitioning from a man to a woman or vice versa Mm -hmm. should be looked at as the same way as like gay conversion. Like it's something that can be fixed via like convergence so she's been having some you know some negative publicity when it comes to that sort of stuff and i guess she's talked openly about it i think that's what's been going on recently but Mm -hmm. i would say that would fit very much into the upbringing that you went to and i thought your parents would be like hell yeah that's that's what we're talking about that's a god-fearing woman right there oh geez don't say that (laughs) yeah you're do you do you feel like your your upbringing was very sheltered um, well, look, like, on the outside looking in, yeah, absolutely. Did I ever feel sheltered when I was growing up? No. I never felt sheltered. I never felt like anything that my parents were doing. I never was like, I want to watch you be another teenager. <laughs> I just, I never questioned things. I just, I... I knew, like, I just, I just never even questioned it. Like when you were growing up and you wanted to watch Harry Potter because other I never friends wanted, were, I never wanted to. You wanted to watch an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch or something. Like no. you were just like, nope. No, because I eventually got to, and so like it, when it was physically during that time, it just it wasn't a big deal. The only thing that I ever wanted, the only thing that I can physically think of wanting to do that I couldn't do was wear makeup before I was allowed to. Like, but that's every girl. That's Weren't you not allowed to eat, girl. like, candy or something, too? No, my nickname was Candy Lady my whole <laughs> life growing up. I must that's, be thinking of something That's else. got a fun story, too, but maybe another time, I guess. I don't know. I think, for me, I think it was taught to me, like, at a young age, the difference between, you know, stuff that's on TV or movies and being fake versus mm-hmm. real life. And it was always something that there was that division there. So I mm-hmm. could watch, you know, rated titties. R movies, titties, whatever, at a young age and still not be corrupted and have, you know, that moral compass still there because it's like, this is fiction. This is entertainment. Like, yes, some of it may not be appropriate for you or you might not understand things right now, but, you know, it didn't shape the way that I grew up because of what I watched. Yeah. Um, and I feel like from the outside looking in, like on your family, it was like, we need to shelter little babe here so she doesn't get corrupted by the wizards of uh, Harry Potter or, you know, Sabrina the Teenage Witch because that is the work of Satan. And Well, that's what Christians believed for a long time. Like, Come on. No, like that 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 is the shit that that is being fucking taught. At least it was like it's, when I'm, I was growing I'm sure up. It still is. Not today, Satan. Not today. I don't, I don't judge that and just to be clear, I don't think that the upbringing that you had um 
you know, I don't look down upon it in any yeah. way versus like how I grew up. Yeah. But, you know, I am curious to know, like when you were a young girl growing up in with the specific influence that you had yeah. um, because your your family was a family that would be going to church every week. Um, you know, I'm sure your worldview growing up was a lot different than mine, specifically when it came to relationships yeah. and, you know, probably just the opposite sex in general totally. and what was deemed appropriate or not appropriate yeah. and any of that stuff. So do you, do you feel that in your eyes, like because of your religious background and upbringing, that that really shaped yeah. what you were looking for and how you saw dating and you know just that whole aspect of life well yeah sure absolutely um i mean like as a young girl you know it was a dream to find a good christian boy that i could settle down with yeah absolutely totally (laughs) that's that's what we're all looking for do you know that jesus is your savior you know it's just like it and i also i will say the thing where I, i think that things went wrong was I don't think that I was ever given an accurate um, expectation of what it means when someone says I'm a Christian or like whatever. Cause I just, because I grew up as you would say, so sheltered in that world. Like I remember like when you and I first started talking and I asked you if you were a Christian and like technically you said, yes. I immediately took that, that that meant you were at this, the exact same like level of faith, like level of depthness of like being a Christian that I was. And then that's when like, when I started to find out that it didn't mean that that's where things kind of started to like cause problems because I, I had this, this very particular box mm-hmm. engraved into my head of what this looks like okay so when you when i messaged you on myspace all those years ago yeah. and you were deciding to give me the time of day yeah. was the fact that i had said that i was you know christian yes. was that like at the very top of the list yes. okay well mind i think you, i did the right thing then mind you <laughs> he's not he's not a christian and that's well, okay you know what let me, let me settle the score. You know, I was not intentionally trying to lie to you. No. Because I went through a lot of times where, you know, I was very involved in like youth group yeah. and trying to walk down that path. Yeah. Um, things didn't click for me as much as they have for you, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, I was answering that question probably in a sense of like, you know, is your family Christian? And I, I will tell you, my family went to church on two occasions <laughs> that I can remember, you know, in the 18 years that I lived there. I think we went once on... Like an Easter Sunday? Yeah, Easter. And once for Christmas. Probably. Um, But, you know, if you were like, oh, are you a Christian? Are you, you know, Jewish? Are you Catholic? Like, mm. you know, most people would be like, even if you went to church mm-hmm. zero times, and you'd be like, oh, well, my family, you know, is a, yeah. is a Christian family. Yeah. So. Yeah. That was the route I was going. No, and totally, and that, and that's my whole point is that 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 label can mean so many different things for so many different people, and that was what I'm saying is like I had this misunderstanding that that word meant something so specific in my head, and so I had this expectation on you from the very beginning. And then when you slowly started to not meet those expectations, that's when I started to get really fucked up in my head about our relationship. It was, and- it was like you had a prejudice of not being Christian. It was like, all right, thank God that box is checked off. Now we can start hitting all the other aspects yeah. in a relationship yeah. that are important to I me. I mean, as a 16-year-old girl. Had I been like, no, I'm, you know, my family, we never went to church. We're atheists. You would probably been like, Sorry, yeah. dude. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely would have one one thousand percent, and that's the problem. Yeah, that's absolutely the problem. You know, it's like as a sixteen year old girl, you're so naive. Well, you didn't know any better. That's what I'm saying. You don't know. All you know is all you know, and I say that still to this day, as a twenty eight year old, all I know is all I know, and all 
anyone knows is all they know until they know more, until yeah. they know different. Like, it's just the way life is. Like, it's just there literally is no more true statement than that. And so if you keep yourself in a box, if you keep yourself, you know, only knowing what you know and not even allowing yourself to be challenged by other thoughts, you will never know anything else. Totally. I yeah. don't know if that answered at all. I mean, I mean, all you know is all you know. <laughs> hey, did you guys know that all you know, it's all you know? <laughs> that is the truest statement I have ever heard. <laughs> but there is a lot of people who like to talk about things that they don't know. No, I and know. And that's a big problem. A big problem. I mean, that's another. <laughs> people who have no idea what they're talking about were put in positions to essentially change the face of the world probably are not competent to be in that position to talk about those things nobody knows the game better than i do um no so it, the other thing that i want to talk about too is how it is there's a little bit of irony in both of our families because your family is very reserved in one way and very open in another and my family is very reserved in one way and very open in another. And those reserved and opennesses are completely opposite of each other. Um, my family was reserved in the sense that from the outside looking in, it looked like we had all of our ducks in a row and we had everything, you know, working out for us in the right way. And it was like your stereotypical all-American family. Um, but I mean, there's underlying issues there when you, you look at them under a magnifying glass and stuff. But I think the biggest thing when I think of the word like reserved in my family is I think everybody in my family probably acts a certain way around each other and really puts up like this kind of front and they don't really know the true them. Like, I, I feel like my family probably doesn't know me as much as maybe your family knows me, like, you, you know, your mm -hmm. siblings. Like, I always put up kind of a front with my siblings. Like, they know who I am as a person, mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't get to really let loose, and mm -hmm. I definitely don't get to talk shit. And they've definitely never heard me say the word fuck before. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know where that Which came from. So I think that came from me. my dad. Like, yeah. to just kind of backtrack on that, it's like, you know, with my dad in his job, you know, working 35 years in public service, you know, and me working the same, you know, area. I know that the type of personality that is within that job mm -hmm. and who my dad is outside of work and around the family is this family man doesn't, you know, step out of line, doesn't say anything stupid. Mm -hmm. But I know that you can't really do that in that job. Mm -hmm. So I know that probably what my mom sees in my dad in his personality is the true him, mm -hmm. but I don't see that. And because of that, you know, I don't think we've had the close relationship that we maybe could have had, mm -hmm. had, you know, that wall been kind of broken down some. Yeah. So that's the only way that I look at my family as being so reserved. it's so ironic too, because like you and your dad have so much in common because of, you know, where you're going at with your career. Sure. And it's like, you have so much opportunity to really bond and like grow this deep connection. But it's true. Like you both put on like such this like reserved, like front in front of each other. It's like all of us are like, we're in, we're within these walls in this household, yeah. this this box, but we all have our own boxes that we're in separately. Yeah. And we're not letting anybody else really in. It's like interesting. You know, why I'm you a brother, I'm is? a sister, I'm a father, I'm a mother. Yeah. But it's never like close family, we all are in each other's shit and know what's going on. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I think it's that perception of that everything is going great and you know, anybody looking in or from the outside looking in, it's like Everything's in place. It's where it needs to be. Mm. But we're all kind of compartmentalizing all these different issues and really keeping them separate from like the family dynamic. Yeah. I mean, I feel like all families in general could probably relate to th the idea of like there's always shit going on in the inside that uh, people from the outside don't know about or aren't fully aware of. But it is so fascinating to me that... um Considering that, like, I grew up in a pretty, like, religious, you know, family, you would, in your heads, you would think, like, oh, super reserved, super, like, 
like closed off. But ironically enough, like my family, like I come from a very, very, very open family in the sense of like, I grew up, you know, like we can say whatever we want in front of each other. We can, I like grew up like slapping butts and, you know, like, Whose butts? <laughs> like, my whole family. Like, that was, like, such a thing. We'd always, like, walk by and, like, slap each other's butts or, like... Or, like, walk around naked. Or, like, walk around naked or, like... What the hell? It, no, I mean, not, like... I don't want people to think that, like, all five of us were just walk, <laughs> walk around but naked. It, it, like, wouldn't, it wouldn't be a big deal if one <laughs> member of the family walked down the hallway naked. That would be a big deal <laughs> in my household growing up. We'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Okay, no, like, it would definitely, it depends on the scenario, but, yeah, like, we just, like, you know, and I grew up with a, with a dad, a very unconventional dad, like, most, like, and I feel like your, your dad would be a prime example, like, most fathers to their son are probably pretty, like, hey, Hey, bud. Like, hey, like, you know, it's very, like, like, you, like, punch each other. you like punch each other in the shoulder and like that's your communication of like quote unquote love whereas like my dad like he's a very 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 like lovey emotional guy like and that is not very conventional when it comes to a quote unquote man or father like my dad would call my brother honey or sweetie or love and like that was normal like we we hugged all the time we said i love you all the time like I grew up in a very 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 emotionally open family where I feel like your family was very emotionally closed again I think it goes back to that thing of like everybody has their own walls they're kind of built up like I would never for a second doubt like the love that my mom or my dad had for me for sure like I know that and that's kind of like this unspoken thing that we've had over the years where it's like we don't need to me i don't he my dad doesn't need to tell me that he loves me for me to know that so let me go back a little bit and ask you a question um specifically when it comes to like the topic of our families being reserved Mm -hmm. and how things went with your family but growing up did you ever get like the talk you know birds and the bees Mm. about sex and specifically like sex before marriage was that something that was discussed to you you know i feel like i thought about this i actually have and i feel like i do remember being an age sitting down in my parents bedroom with my mom and she had out a book it was like it looked like a children's book with like cartoon illustrations. What age was this at? I don't know. I can't I can't even begin to remember. I can just you know how like you just can remember certain things where like you can see it, but like you don't have any details. I have yeah. no details. I have no clue how old I was. But I feel like I do remember that being done. I don't remember the conversation. I just simply remember it being nighttime, sitting in my parents' bedroom on their bed, my mom showing me this book, but I don't remember her actually physically talking to me about sex. I don't remember how old I was. I don't remember any details. Now, sex before marriage, absolutely. That just came inevitably with growing up in a church. Yeah. Um, I can tell you for you know my perspective, um, it was something that was totally not discussed. There was one time my dad, like out of the blue, decided he wanted to have the talk with me. And granted, I think I was like 17 and a half. Like we'd been dating. Oh, we had already been dating? For a while. Did I know this? I think so. For a while. And it was out of nowhere. Like we were outside the front door and he was just like, hey, um, so sex. And no. I was like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like you know, just just don't go throwing it away because you know, you you could end up feeling really bad down the road if it was for nothing. Aww. That was basically the only thing that he Not said. Not like, "Hey, put a condom on." No. <laughs> I I think I remember too saying like 
I think he asked me, he's like, you you know a thing or two or something like that, like right? <laughs> hey, like, hey, you know what you're supposed to you're, do, right? You're in a public high school. <laughs> you're almost 18. Like, you you understand oh, no. how not to screw up, right? And I think I remember saying something like, I could probably teach you a thing or two or something, <laughs> like something stupid. I made some stupid Your comment. banter is And that, that's why he was like, well, you know, just just don't go throwing mm. it away for mm. nothing or, or mm. something like that. Yeah. That was the extent yeah. of my, like, the talk with, yeah. with my parents, either of them. Like, it was just something that was never discussed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, think it goes back to that being, like, in, in your own little box is, like... <laughs> Like you, your family Whatever. is very consistent with saying things without saying it. <laughs> like so they're still doing that. <laughs> no, I know that's what I'm saying. Like that's what your family is notorious for. Um, I mean, I feel like obviously I grew up thinking that I absolutely would never have sex before marriage. I never thought that another. I never thought that a man would ever see me naked until he was my husband. I never thought I would live with a man until he was my husband. Um. Boy, did that all change. Thank God that's not the way it all went down. <laughs> Long story short, I have completely corrupted you throughout the 12 years that we have been together from who you were to where you're at now. I would disagree. Okay. I, I would say I wouldn't use the word fucking corrupt, first of all. Whatever my agenda is, is my prerogative. <laughs> Find me more souls to corrupt. You have absolutely helped me grow as a person, as a girlfriend, as a wife, as just a human being, 1,000%. And I'm so grateful for the way that everything has worked out. Well, and also, like, I remember being in the car with my mom, and we were talking about, like, living together. And I made a comment about how I assumed or... Somewhere down the road, I thought I was told somewhere. Okay, are we good? <laughs> somewhere down the road, either was told or just naturally assumed growing up in like church culture that I wasn't allowed to live with a man until he was my husband. And I will never forget. Like, I remember making a comment about that and like it's saying that in the Bible. And I'll never forget. My mom goes, it doesn't say that. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> What? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, it doesn't say that. And I was like, oh my God, I'm moving in with I'm moving in with babe tomorrow. <laughs> like legit. Like that is how that went down. Well, it was like the same thing. I remember as teenagers dating and, you know, talking with your brother, or, you know, it could have even been your sister too at that point. But like talking about how like, well, it specifically does not say in the Bible that you cannot have sex before marriage. Like it doesn't say those words. And it was like trying to navigate through like scripture of like, all right, what can we do and what can't we do and what's right and what's wrong? I mean, and, and not only that, but like I had so many issues like that tore me apart mentally because I was so conflicted constantly with this quote unquote guilt that was coming over me. And then also battling these very, very real affections and emotions that were growing for you as we were growing in our relationship together. And, you know, like we went through two years of this constant back and forth, you know, like we'd make out a little and then, you know, things would start to progress and like I'd be okay with it and then I'd get guilty and then I would be like, no, we can't do that anymore. And then like, you know, like a couple weeks later, we'd start doing it again and then it was this, and then I would take it away. And like, I feel so bad for you as a young, young adolescent boy. I don't even know how you got through this constant, like, yeah, you can like put your hand under my shirt. Okay. No, you can't access denied. And like, yeah, you can like, I give you permission. <laughs> Do no. I have your consent? <laughs> No, but like seriously, and it was just like, I feel so bad for you now looking back, but I just feel like that is the issue. I wish, I wish growing up in a Christian home, and I'm not even opposed to like people growing up in like a religious home, but it's like, be real. Like, like you can have faith and still have like realistic like teachings and like, hey, you're going to start to experience these emotions. 
this is what's right. This is what's wrong. And it's like, I just think that, you know, it wasn't until like, I remember two years into our relationship, I was like, I finally got to myself and I was like, fuck this. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to see what it says. I dug in, I did my research and I'm like, it legit does not say anywhere in the Bible that you cannot. It's not a commandment. It's not like you can't have sex before you're married. Does it highly suggest in many forms, in many different ways to maybe avoid that for appropriate reason? Sure, absolutely. But the thing that bothers me is that the Christian faith, and and not just the Christian faith, but a lot of other faiths and religions, teach it as if it is a command from God. Like you, like you're a sinner, you're going to go to hell. Like this fear-based tactic that is so fucking untrue. And it's like, just be honest. Be like, hey, can you have sex before married and not rot in hell? Yes, you can. But here is, here is what you are going to experience. As a young kid, could you face pregnancy in this situation that you maybe don't want to be in? Yes, absolutely. Teach about that. Could you experience offering a part of yourself to someone that is so like special and intimate? And especially if you are at a young age, experience, you know, pain and trauma of like a broken heart? Absolutely. Teach about that. Yeah, I think for the most part, um, it's just my perspective being sorry I got on a rant there. No, that's what we're here for. That's what the people came to listen to. <laughs> um now for me, in my perspective, not growing up in a religious household and you know, my perceptions of religion now and with things, it's like I get all the good aspects that mm-hmm. are in the Bible that are great teaching points, mm-hmm. but it's almost like these stories that allow you to take yourself in the the situation as it stands mm-hmm. out of the equation mm-hmm. and be like, well, the Bible has this and this is, you know, our cheat sheet to life basically of how to live instead of looking at, you know, things objectively. And I think that, yeah. you know, in a sense, you can make the argument that, you know, it could be considered lazy parenting where it's like, well, that's what the Bible says yeah. and we're going to do it this way because yeah. that's what it is. Instead of being able to teach those points like yeah. you're talking about, you know, explaining, well, the reason why it might not be a good idea to have yeah. sex before marriage is because you're young and you might, you know, run the risk of getting pregnant and you definitely don't want to be a teen parent or, you know, the fact of just emotional baggage that yeah. can go with that if you're not mature enough to yeah. handle that. Absolutely. But, you know, for our situation, in where we were at, we were very much in a committed relationship mm-hmm. and we were very mature, I thought, for where we were at in our relationship already. And, you know, if I was a parent looking at our relationship, I probably wouldn't think like this is the worst situation in yeah. the world if they had sex, yeah. you know, at their age. Yeah. I think that they could probably handle the situation. I would hope to God that they were being smart and yep. safe about it. Yep. But it would be a lot better giving those circumstances than like, some random hookup, you know, out of some, you know, rebellious phase that they were in yeah. and all the damage that can cause. Yeah. I just, yeah, I have such a problem with, um, with the Bible, people wanting to take certain things as literal and other things as metaphorical. And it's like, you know, and that's the hard thing. It's like, I just wish growing up in a Christian home, I do, do I regret how my parents raised me? 1000% no. I truly believe that they did everything that they did at the time that they did it because they believed that they were doing their best. 1000%. My parents are incredible people with big hearts. Um, and I think that they've raised really good kids. But do I wish there would have been a little bit more truth exposed inside of religion, inside of the Bible. Yes, because I feel so dumb and naive that like as, you know, a 16-year-old or as a 17-year-old, 18-year-old, that there were so many things in the Bible that I took as literal because no one told me different, you know? And then I just feel like an idiot or like, 
Yeah, I mean, especially things in like this, like in a relationship and in like a sexual capacity and like nature. Like there are so many things that I never knew happened. Like, yeah, I mean, how how great would it have been as a parent to be able to fall back on your personal beliefs of faith and you know, you know, right versus wrong, and using that as like your support, you know, Mm -hmm. the faith, but also be able to look at things with a wider lens yeah. and be like just as a person in yeah. you know humanity why these situations might be okay and remove the faith yeah. part of it and be like this is why this is right or wrong yeah and you know maybe play devil's advocate in certain areas yeah. and be like well what if you did it this way like how would that make you feel and yeah. get you to understand that way versus yeah. just being like we believe this because this is what our faith tells us and it's not okay for you to have sex before marriage it's not okay for you to move in with somebody that you love and have been in a relationship for many years yeah you know like all that stuff it it just it paints you into such a box of being black and white and right and wrong where you're not looking at the situation for what it is yeah and like i said like i will never forget like when when i had that conversation with my mom in the car about like living together and I made a comment about it saying in the Bible how you're not allowed to live with each other until you're married. And how my mom was like, it doesn't say that. <laughs> I literally was like, what? Like this whole time, I never thought that I was going to live with you until we we're married because I didn't want to be a sinner and rot in rotten hell. Like how fucking terrible is that? What a shit show that would have been if the first day after we got married was the first day that we were living together. Could you imagine also if like the first time we ever did anything sexual was when we were married and then like I was just like giving you handies and giving you like (laughs) boom balls all the time (laughs) because I didn't know anything happened. (laughs) Like I didn't know that there was a grand event. (laughs) Yeah, that's... That's beyond me, and that I think that that's, that's a whole a, other that's a whole other podcast. No, hundred percent. That's a whole other podcast because I want to talk about that. But um, you know, ultimately, you know, I just want to kind of like start wrapping this up yeah. and kind of ask the question yeah. of like, do you think that your upbringing had any sort of bearing on like our relationship currently? Do you think that upbringing that you had like really set the foundation or really like put our marriage in a certain direction? because Mm. of that oh for sure it's like when i look at both of our parents the the very very big glorious you know beautiful thing that i see when i look at both of them is i know that like it it, you know it's so it's such an interesting experience to go through when you're a child and your parents might be going through some sort of challenging time in their marriage and like when you're a child, you don't get it, you don't understand it. Um, and then you grow up, you become an adult, and you see it from this whole other lens and this whole other perspective. And you're like, oh shit, you know, it's like, and you kind of become a little bit more aware of like maybe some shit our parents went through, like at some point in time during their marriage. Um, and the fact of that, like, yeah, like I think your parents just celebrated. 35 years that's great that you know that i have no idea yeah i think your parents just celebrated 35 years my parents just celebrated 39 years and that is not to say that like they didn't go through some shit like at certain points in time in their relationship in their marriage having kids you know i know that it being an adult and just now being an adult and like knowing what life brings as an adult I know that they've been through some shit and the fact that like they've stuck it out, that they've, you know, come to the other side. Like, I mean, I just feel like my parents, when I, at least for my parents, like when I look at their relationship and I mean, you know, my dad, you know, like anytime he's in town, like he says it all the time. Like my dad looks at my mom like they are 15 years old smitten in high school you know and he's he'll make comments like i'm still tracing her and like they're like he's constantly posting on facebook like look at me and my hot wife like he loves my mom so much like it's ridiculous and i feel like and again kind of tying into like coming from a very 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 affectionate family very emotionally open family 
that is something that definitely tied in with me and then I think has now really come out into our relationship. And that's something that I will attest to for us is I feel like we are super open. We're super affectionate. We're super, you know, lovey-dovey and like kind of cringy to probably people from the outside if they ever <laughs> like knew the way that we like talk to each other and like we're affectionate with each other. But I feel like that really came from me. And like that was something that you probably weren't very used to, but you really welcomed it into your life, you know? I don't know. I feel like maybe that rubbed off on me because I feel like I show you a lot of affection and I don't really get that back. What? Wait, what? <laughs> but I think that comes into love languages when you start talking about that. No, but I'm I just, just saying I think, like the way that like we constantly say I love you. We constantly are hugging. We constantly kiss like those little things like that came from me seeing my parents doing that all the time. And I was the one that really put that on us. Yeah. Well, that most certainly did not come from my family. No. So that was definitely <laughs> something that I got from your family or it's just something that I adopted. I was the first to hold your hand. I kissed you first. Ish. That is not true. <laughs> Shit. I shouldn't that have gotten into that. Damn it. Because I tried kissing you and you gave me the old Christian cold cheek. You're like, hell no, this is not happening. Okay. We're going to get into this real quick as we're, of course, trying to wrap up. But I mind you, we were two weeks into our relationship standing in the church parking lot after youth group. I was a holier than like thou Christian girl 894. <laughs> that was my aim name, by the way. Um, and yeah, I was like, uh, no, you can't give me a kiss while I'm at church. I felt so unholy. Like I was like, I'm going to go to hell if you kiss me right now. That is totally a story yeah, for another time. Yeah, that's another time. But, but hey, we both have parents who have very long-lasting, successful marriages. And at the end of the day, I think we both can attest to being so fortunate and so blessed to have parents that we were able to take such a good example from. Yeah, mom and dad. Yeah. Thanks for being you. Thanks for being you. Thank you for loving each other unconditionally showing us unconditional love in such different ways but very both valid and um solid solid yo <laughs> solid love guys you did great we yeah. love you yeah there i god i hope they don't listen to They'll just get bored. They won't make it to the Yeah, end. they won't make it to this part. Say <laughs> like no HBO quality. Yeah. Hey, babe. Yeah. This was good. Thank you so much for um, joining me today to have this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Glad to be here. Oh, it was so good. Found it. I love you. I love you. Thanks for listening to the MySpace with You podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, MySpace with You Podcast. Um, don't forget to listen on Spotify, Apple. Um, where else are we at? Everywhere. We're, we're on all platforms. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if this was too wholehearted and wholesome for you, make sure you go back and listen to the debauchery that is Tinder Cringe. Yeah. Um, let us know if that's something you're interested more in. Uh, we have some bonus content that may be coming out that we're kind of trying to figure out how we would do it um another tinder cringe might be coming your way but also reiterate this a thousand times over until we've gotten the hang of this but we are still new this is something that we literally just up and decided to do we're having fun with it we're learning we're growing um so please 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 give us some feedback let us know what you guys think um write us a review dm us on instagram you can email us at myspacewithyoupodcast at gmail.com, um, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you were giving me this face that was like, why the hell did you just say that? No. Okay. Email us at myspacewithyoupodcast at gmail.com. Um, let us know what you think. If there's Also, if there's anything that you guys want our take on you want us to talk about certain topics like please let us know like yeah we're not, we're, not, we're not afraid we're not experts we're, we're, we're not afraid to answer those tough questions we're not afraid 
we would be happy to go and also if you have anything like you want advice on something you're going through a particular situation or whatever it is I, i'm gonna stop talking because i now i just feel like i'm ranting <laughs> you got you got questions you want to ask something about us as a relationship advice whatever hit us up in the dms on instagram yeah we got you i ain't afraid i'll tell you how it is bye babe bye love you love you